Welcome, listeners, to According to Joe. This is Jim Perona. I'm joined tonight by Joe Martin and Emma Perona. Joe, it's been a while since we've been on the air talking to our listeners. I apologize to them. Uh, we've had some delays in between. We both have we've dealt with our second bouts of COVID, both of us. COVID's rough, Jim, but, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, I guess. That's right. I know that's your gardening strategy, and you're able to... <laughs> it is. We were both able to get through. i got to admit, very mild cases when you talk about it overall, but it's still... Oh, yeah to put you down and, and zaps the energy, that sort of thing. Emma's been able to uh, withstand it. Uh, Emma, how are things going today? Not too bad. I have finished basically all of my move, except now I just have piles of things in my new apartment, which is not as fun, but at least the hardest part is over. You moved, is it two full blocks? Two blocks, yep. That can be a zip code in Chicago, though. It yeah, it's I'm in a, I'm actually in a different when I voted today, I'm in the same ward but in a different uh is it called precinct? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. But only two blocks, so interesting. See, you were right, Joe, you're right on that one. Well, it is here late June. We're looking right down the barrel of July, so Emma did need to get moved to that before July first. Big topics that have been coming up since we've been with you. Certainly along the way have been recent gun issues. Very soon when we had recorded our last episode, soon after that, there was the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Obviously all those deaths and some, so much sadness that took, took place there. I've been able in the meantime to actually travel to Austin, Texas and seen at the at the Capitol there. The, I've been able to see Quickly Done Memorial uh, briefly with all the pictures of those and uh, obviously extremely sad. And then as well, we've had uh, many gun topics with the New York law that strict restrictions on concealed carry in New York was uh, voted down. So Joe, it is a uh, hot topic around of what to do in the United States with guns. It is. It's a very hot topic. I can't say that I am against gun control. I'm definitely against, you know, overreaching and not addressing more than just guns, guns themselves. You know, I think it's a horrible thing. School shootings, they, I agree they should never happen, but unfortunately they do happen. I think they passed a few laws now, you know, federally to assist in that. I am myself, I'm, I would call myself pro-gun, I guess. I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit it. We really do need to take a, take a deeper look at the true problem. I don't just blame guns. I blame society. I blame the social media platforms with the bullying and the, you know, like that shooter in, in uh, where was it, New York, uh, Buffalo. You know, he, he streamed it live. I mean, how about we put some age restrictions on that maybe and try to keep kids off of the, those, those type of platforms? Put an age limit like driving you know, you got to be 18 to get a gun. Why? How about 18 to get on all the TikToks and the Facebook or whatever? Let's let's try something else. More laws against guns haven't really changed anything. Let's try a new approach. Is what I'm getting at. I have two, I guess, separate opinions on it. I think I've seen the side of it about the amount of guns that are produced. I think that's an interesting angle of it. Of do we really need to be producing as many guns that are in are getting into the world social media part of it is obviously that's such a hot topic of facebook and their privacy and protecting freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff and i do agree i think there needs to be some restrictions placed on 
social media of these topics. It's interesting when you get into that conversation of then people are also on the side of, you know, we want to make sure we're protecting people's freedom of speech on these platforms. But then is it, when is it too far and what's the cutoff and how do you control that? So I agree with you, Joe. I think that there needs to be some restrictions in place, but it, it brings in those two really tricky angles of freedom of speech on platforms and gun control and all those kinds of things that we just haven't been able to figure out as a country. Agreed. I think, uh, like you said, I think capitalism is a big part of it, you know, yeah. with, with the producing of weapons and guns, and that's just capitalism at work. But also, you go to the, look at the billion-dollar industries of the social medias, you know, they would be fighting against, you know, any kind of restrictions keeping children off there as well, you know, just for the you know they want their money too basically so it's i get it it's 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 a it's it'd be a, a big hill to climb but like i say you know chicago uh, new york los angeles have some of the strictest gun laws in the country and look at the crime rates look at the violent crime rates in those cities i had read too with that point of it and obviously chicago has not figured it out that some of the issue stems with especially chicago with the fact that they're surrounded by states with that don't have as strict mm -hmm. of gun laws. So a lot of the guns in Chicago come from Indiana or Iowa or Wisconsin, which I don't really know the statistics of that, but I also think that's an interesting angle of it too. It's like, sure. that also brings in that federal side of it. It's like, well, if it's not mandated as a whole federally and then it's chosen state by state, people are still being able to access those things in a non-controlled environment. Oh, agreed. I think, yeah, no, people are going to access them. And that's yeah, the thing that's, that's, you know, kind of goes back to what I was saying. People yeah. are the cause yeah. of the problem, not the gun itself. You know, there's a lot of parts to this, no doubt. And you, you've touched on, you two have touched on uh, quite a few of them. I will say that we are a gun society. Joe, you mentioned uh, one thing about capitalism. It, it, it's, it's built into our, the whole culture of the United States is mm -hmm. built on a capitalism and the freedom to own guns and, and, and protect yourself just always been a big fabric of this, this country. You know, we have that intertwined with uh, this really phenomenon of these young, white, mostly young men decide to, to act out and, 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 you know, make people targets and kill many people at one time. time. You know, we've made a name for ourselves worldwide with that. It's obviously something that none of us would want to to be a part of, but it is, uh, boy, it, it is a real thing. This is, I've seen so many stats that talk about how the percentage of deaths are so small in these things when you compare it to other problems, but it is really an issue that... It, it, it's it, an issue, yeah. It, yeah. Permea it permeates a lot of other things. I mean, it gets, you know, people saying there's that way, you know, you, you go from joking, oh, that guy's going to go do this. You know, it used to be when I was your age, Emma, it was the postman is who you're afraid of uh, blowing yeah. up and doing this or whatever. But, yeah. but ever, but since that time, it's now been, it's a 17 year old, it's white an 18 year old, 17. Right. Yes, exactly. That type of thing. And it is just really a phenomenon that uh, we need to solve. Joe has mentioned that he feels like it is a cultural issue. O overall, I, I, I agree, but I, I, I do admit that, uh, I'm willing to try about anything at this point. I do think, Joe, I, I, the, the way that I disagree a little bit is that I think that the way that you describe the, the, 
the big cities. I think you just have the crime because you have big cities, and then the way they've policed it is they've created the strict gun laws. I, I don't believe it's caused more crime. It's just been ineffective because of the fact that there's still certainly a black market for guns, and it, it's just hard to stop. And Emma mentioned the other surrounding states, but the rest of Illinois is not strict in, in gun laws. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's just, even, yeah, that's even true. Just Cook County, just just uh, the city of Chicago. So um, it's just nearly impossible to police, in my opinion. I think it's an interesting factor when we're talking about gun control, uh, stricter gun laws, those types of things. The Supreme Court actually they decided to go the other way, and and New York, with one of the strictest gun laws uh, with concealed carry at least, uh, was voted down, saying that it just was was unconstitutional. Yeah, they did. I saw that. I read that as well. Um, Supreme Court. Uh, <laughs> been taking a lot of heat lately. I, I don't know. I still believe in the institution. A lot of people disagree with me there for sure right now. That's what we have. I mean, that's our system. You know, presidents, you know, they appoint Supreme Court justices. That's just how it goes. With pretty much, I would say, with pretty much with every topic, half the country is going to agree and half's going to disagree. Well, in the case of the gun laws, in my opinion, uh, that's fine. If, if, if they really believe, if the justices believe that that law went too far and this challenge was a case they can new york can write a new law right you know that that's as close to the same things that they would want but but keep it within uh whatever those parameters are it's not the end of the line there it's just it's just uh, some give and take and, and I that see is that coming very soon yeah that is how our process works so that in that part of it i you know that's that should be the give and take that takes place in that in that process i'm i'm not offended in any way by that i you've heard the stories about people uh the crime in new york or the ones that sticks out in my mind it's been a long little bit of a long time ago now but it was an athlete plaxico burris a wide receiver who he had a gun inside his clothing he shot himself he went to jail and, for shooting you know, you, himself for shooting himself it, it really because you know he had it on him and that type of thing and he just showed how they don't play there they and and you know when you have a lot of crime you want a, a big stick to be able to throw you know to hit people with it, and uh, that's what New York did within a case like that. But it, I get it overall. It, it had, probably has not ruled the day like they expected it to. A lot of the conversation, I'm surprised, like from a overall standpoint, that it doesn't really go towards this. Of, and Joe, you probably know this better than me, and I probably am going to sound ignorant a little bit here. But with the fact of a lot of these mass shootings being with assault rifles, is that the right terminology? I know AR-15 does not mean assault rifle. It Thank stand. you, Emma. Thank I you very know much. That. I'm I, glad I that you up. just said that because I was gonna. I thought I was gonna have to correct you on that. But no, I, no, no. I know that they're not the same. Nicely done. Yes, it's not. But I had looked that up before. But I guess <laughs> when we're thinking of these, like, why would an individual need to purchase that kind of? gun that shoots off so rapidly like that like would there be a way obviously like i don't like you guys have said i agree i don't think that the solution is you know not having guns but those kinds of more like mass shooting rifles why hasn't the conversation kind of been towards restricting that in your guys's well i've had this conversation with people before so let's say that ar-15 you're talking about has let's say they have 15 rounds okay Uh a 15 round magazine if you carry, say you brought in three pistols with you instead, okay, with, with nine rounds each, okay, so uh-huh. 18 rounds. I mean, you can kill with semi-automatic. First off, fully automatic, there is no, that is that is a false narrative as well. There is no fully automatic weapon legal in the United States. You can't own a fully automatic weapon. 
right, well, semi-automatic. I'm, I'm inter- is I'm going to interrupt you there, Joe. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you there, Joe, and just to ask this question, then you can go on. Are there ways that they do convert? Have these guns in these shootings or in other things we've heard about, have they been converted to autom- fully automatic at any time, or is it always the semi-automatic process? I have never heard of anyone con- okay. uh, converting them. Um, I've, okay. It is easy to do. There's no question about that. I think they actually stopped that loophole about buying the conversion kits from gun shows and okay. such. Okay, go ahead then. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. But anyway, the, the semi-automatic is as fast as you can squeeze your trigger is as fast as that gun's going to fire. So whether whether you have an AR-15 shooting, you know, 15 rounds or two pistols on you, you can shoot nine rounds in one hand and not nine rounds in another hand. So you're still shooting 18 rounds. Just yeah. as fast. It's just as fast. So I, and myself, I wouldn't feel better if those poor children were killed with, with yeah. a handgun. Than an, you know, than an AR-15. I think it's time to limit them. I really do. I am willing. If so, somebody could convince me that, I'll tell you that. Of I am, limiting I am, what, Jim? What of of limiting semi-automatic weapons in some way that they are just, yeah. they, they have become, uh, I, I, what I see is they have become the kind of macho, you know, video, video game, video game desired, you know, type of a thing. I am willing to. I, I am willing. I am willing to go along and see if it would stop uh, some of this, slow it, stop it. However, you want to say that. So, I am willing to uh, to say that. I think you kind of made my point a little bit there, because I, I mean, we. I definitely disagree on, on the limiting of it. Do you guys know when the AR-15 was invented? No. 1959, no. I believe, or 56. So it's been around a long time. And we haven't had mass shootings. We, you didn't have mass shootings in the 50s, 60s, and 70s like that, like you're seeing now. That is why my whole point is how society has changed. I mean, the guns are always been here, but the, the, the school shootings keep increasing. That is the only, that's why I look at it that way. Well, that's true, but what you do at some point is you do take, if, if they're choosing a certain tool to, to accomplish something, taking that tool away at, at times might be worth a try. I'm worn down by it, and I, I am I am ready and willing. If uh, they would, I know it. I know it would it would really hurt. It would really uh, it'd be hard process to pry them from their cold dead hands. I can't get I can't get on that bus, but uh, yeah, you know well. we'll have to we'll we'll agree to disagree <laughs> on that one, Jim. No, totally understand that. I think it's a it is a real issue in, in this country, and the point that the fact that some of these same things have been talked about should we do this should we do that how do you because the other option you're saying joe is change it by changing society in some way changing behaviors changing what's what somebody would would i i'm assuming in these cases most of these individuals they they've gotten to some point in their life where they feel they're so overwhelmed and they feel like this is the solution this is the answer and i guess what i'm saying is you know we, we can either stop them from getting to that point or we can try and change the tools that they would have if they get to that point. So I'd be good with either. I do have to admit, yeah. I am, I, I'd be good with either. And if uh, it's just we have not done well at being able to stop people from that. And Emma, I would ask you that question. You know, we realize that we've addressed how the social media portion of this has the, the, the part that it's played in actually broadcasting uh, these things as they would happen. But let's talk about how they get into this situation in the beginning. Do we feel like Whatever it is, Joe. I think you termed it bullying on social media, or the sure. way that you the way that you feel, depending on how you know things are are put to you on social media. Does that seem to play a major role in this? 
Yeah, I mean, my personal perspective on it is like, it's not as though I think now we are so easily able to like access all this information, but like in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, from however long, we did have these like, you know, mass murderers in the sense of like people being are you yeah, talking about like the characters like that ted who, bundy ted bundy yeah yeah who are obviously going on these you know serial killer-esque stuff of their creativity in those moments of showcasing proud showing off their um killings or whatever was more so in the form of letters notes that kind of stuff and now it's kind of a similar tone of that being translated onto social media the thing with social media is that it's so way easier for us all to see it. It's way more accessible. So I do agree that, you know, right. Those things were, I think that those things were existing just in a different medium. And the problem is that medium now it's social media is not going anywhere. None of this stuff is going to be, and it only takes, I think one person to really do something for copycats to start to show up and do their you know, their versions of it, obviously with school shootings. So I guess my opinion from like a social media angle of it is there clearly needs to be some restrictions on social media. There clearly needs to be some changing in the, the societal tone of this kind of thing. But I think we're still, I think we're still like 15 years away from like finding that solution as social media is so fresh still within the last 10 years in our society. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will comment. Even though the entire social media industry is still new, it's mature in the way that it is such a powerful money-making device yeah. that I think you could, you know, I had thought that, boy, this would be nearly impossible to police. But I guess the, those are the companies with the resources to do it. To do it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm saying all that to say I don't, I think that this kind of using your pla a platform whatever your media and whatever your platform is to enhance your message has always existed with these kinds of people who are clearly mentally unwell lash out in these ways. And I do agree, Joe, I think like a lot of it, it's funny also going in the vein of social media, how much the conversation around mental health has evolved as a society, sure. especially I, I feel, especially in, for men, the conversation has obviously happened more than it has in previous years of, mm -hmm. you know, bringing light to the awareness to mental health in men and women. So that's, I think, an interesting side of it. I think the main issue will always kind of be the resources within communities, which we can all agree that there's not proper resources oh, around the country for communities for mental health, that kind of stuff. So I'm interested yeah, to see, agree. I guess, like, you, it's social media kind of shows both of those sides of it, of like you're bringing, it has brought so much awareness to those kinds of issues, but it, the action part of it hasn't, totally come yet sure no i think you're right I, I think you're right i like i said my concern with the whole social social media platform with 40 years ago whatever if you got picked on at school by the by the bully you know you know yeah, three four people saw that now yeah. instantly 500 people see it totally and the time like we as a society Instantly. have become yeah we've become such an oh someone said it said it so good the other day to me in a call but they said something to the effect of like we are such an instantaneous society now. Mm -hmm, exactly. And that is that is really an issue. I mean, it's, I agree. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. And I think, obviously, with how tech and how everything has evolved so much in the last 20 years, mm -hmm. and then our brains are developing so fast to become so instantaneous, there's definitely 
effects that are happening to us that we don't fully understand and we're not going to understand for a long time to come. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think the fact that we we expect things so quickly and we see things so quickly is a huge shift in our brains from when we from 30, 40 years ago. And I don't think we'll fully understand those effects until some time to come. All right. Very well said, Em. I agree. I do agree with you 100%. Good discussion there. Let's shift over to a new topic. We have touched in past shows on different energy options within our country. What seem like many societies have moved on from coal production. But recently, Joe, we are in a, in a strange time right now. And Germany has, a, has announced that they're increasing coal production. And it sounds like some other European nations of the Netherlands and Austria are joining them. Yeah, uh, I read that as well. I, I applaud them. I like to see very green countries, you know, they're very green-minded countries, going back to the coal at, the, at this time with the, with the whole Russian gas thing because they realize taking care of our citizens is much more important right now than our political views. I, I applaud them. I, I'm, I'm glad to see intelligent nations taking care of their people and using their natural resources in a time of need. You know, desperate times call for drastic measures. I wish we would follow suit. I don't know if the United States will. I think we're so anti-fossil fuels and things right now that it won't get changed. But I, I do applaud the, the EU for taking care of their people first. And you said it. that is a country that has, has been rated one of the greenest that, the, that there is. Yeah. They, have, they have pivoted totally in the direction of, of focus on the environment with all their energy energy policy. That is one thing. Talk about a situation in crisis for them. Germany is basically relies on high percentages of Russian oil, Russian natural gas. Mm-hmm. Over I, 50%, it, I believe. It is such an issue for our country, but... It's a small percentage when you compare it to these. We're talking about the fourth largest economy in the world, Germany, yeah. relying, yeah. trying to keep things rolling when all those things are shut down. Like you said, nearing 50%, around 50%. I think like natural gas is the one that they're over 50, and the other ones, uh, they have high percentages as well. In the short run, we got to do something to quell the situation, trying to not crush our entire economies by just the cost of these commodities. I totally agree. I think you have to do what you have to do. I think a lot of the time, and I haven't been involved and kept up as well with climate and environmental stuff, but my takeaway from when I worked at the Sierra Club was a lot of, you know, when you were using fossil fuels, or it was more so neglect from these companies, not take responsibility for the after effects of it to the environment and to the people. Like one example of it, this was the campaign that I worked on, was DuPont and 3M in Michigan, they had uh, basically over years of their factories being there, dumped so much toxic PFAS chemicals into the waterways of these little communities that they were in. PFAS chemicals are really toxic to people. These communities started to have like these crazy influxes of illnesses, a lot of cancer. Then obviously they took no credibility for the situation. (laughs) They were not willing to pay for people's expenses, all this stuff. So saying all that to say, like, a lot of the takeaways that I've seen, these companies that are whatever are not taking the necessary precautions they need to to stop those effects in communities. I get it. If you're the company that is darkening the door, then you need to pay for it. And that is the, uh, I think, our our country's, um, I think... It's time to drill, Jim. It's time to drill. Oh, well, no, no. I'm saying uh, that if you... Well, it's time to drill, and if you it is. if you drill in some way or if you act in some way in your community 
where you do it in a way where it, it adds to the, where it, it creates negative health um, repercussions on people, you will have to pay for it. But it, yeah. does, it, does it mean that we oh. should never do any of this? And especially uh, yeah, when, no. you, when you have this market uh, situation where you're just dying, you have all these, di- these different things of, uh, but boy, oh boy, we need capacity to increase. I'm, I'm ready for some of this uh, activity. We do. We need it. You know, the American people need relief. I mean, that's just, that's all there is to it. We need relief. I mean, first off, you're not gonna you're not gonna fix the you know climate change issue in five or ten years. You need the whole world on board, I think, to you know actually fix that problem. And I don't see China or India getting on board with green energy. Anyway, we need we need to do it here. We need to take care of the American people. And and I'm sorry, I'll probably get people mad at me, but I'm more concerned with the American people affording their lifestyle than the habitat of the spotted owl or whatever. I, I'm sorry, I, I am. That's just how I feel. Well, the name of the show is According to Joe, and um, <laughs> that's what we ask him for is his opinion. So he's given it. So uh, yeah, I am. that's uh, that's fine, Joe. That's what we're asking. All right, let's move on to a different topic. We have certainly seen over the last number of years that it is a costly thing to run an election in the United States. You want to get elected. We know that to win a presidential election, very expensive. It's been uh, kind of front and center in some articles recently and some discussion here in in Illinois with uh, the fact that we're on election day today, primary election day today. One of the battles is the gubernatorial race on the Republican side who will take on incumbent Pritzker in the general election in November. But this one has been titled a governor's race among a battle among billionaires. Isn't the billionaire our current governor? <laughs> no, we're talking about the backers. Republican candidates Darren Bailey and uh, former prosecutor Richard Irvin on the Republican side are being backed by a couple of billionaires. Specifically, uh, have been pointed out, billionaire business businessman Ken Griffin and then Richard Uline have taken these two candidates. And if you live in Illinois and you watch any television or anything you you could not avoid the ads that have been going on the amount of mailings that go out the amount of things that uh, very professionally done very well done and boy when you look at it it just seems impossible for any other person on a ballot to compete with the amount of money being spent and again this is just in the primary for the opportunity to meet the incumbent in the november election i think it's just outrageous i mean They've got to do something about it. I'm, I'm. First off, I'm tired of every every ad you see is is a for the governor's race right now. I'm tired of seeing it. It's too much money. It's just it's just a waste. And I, and I don't know the cost to run a TV ad. I don't know what that would that cost would be. But man, oh man, I would think somehow they would have to put some kind of. Let's put a low cap on. Here's what you can spend on advertisement and and be done and move on from there cuz they just spend millions and millions of dollars that just to me is wasteful, but you know that's my opinion. AP reported that Ken Griffin and Richard Uline among the country's biggest Republican donors have combined to pour in more than 60 million dollars into this race, this wow. primary race. So you asked you asked Joe what do these things cost? Yeah. They cost a hell of a lot is what they cost. Picture being a fabulous candidate without some of these backers, and how the heck you'd compete with a sixty million dollar war chest? You couldn't. You you couldn't compete. You might be the best candidate, but you're you're never going to get any airtime, and you because you can't afford it. Yeah, you can't compete with that. Have the same amount and a low amount. 
I don't know what it costs, like I said, but, you know, maybe one ad a day. Put a a lid on it. I'm tired of it. My God. I know that uh, I do consume a little bit more traditional media probably than somebody in their 20s. Emma, do you see all these ads as well? No. (laughs) I've seen like two on I don't really watch. I don't have cable, and I don't really watch a ton of TV. I watch more YouTube. I've seen a couple of them on Hulu when I watched when I was watching the Kardashians. That was. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, so not, I was going to say not him, their, I don't YouTube know if you is where I see a lot of them. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe my ads are not really focused towards it. I don't know. Could be. I don't know if I'm just not their target audience. Maybe. Yeah. Well, well I'm no. Not watching the Kardashians, so maybe that. Yeah. Well, Maybe the other that thing, is part of it. No, I, I think it'd be tailored more to uh, the fact that you know where you live, you know that I live in Chicago, thing, and age, so. where you live and age. And that uh, might be pro- true too, though. Being in Chicago, you might not. I mean, there's not a huge, you know, Republican backing in Chicago, so maybe you wouldn't see him up there. Yeah. Well, you you've all heard it. That is the understatement of <laughs> of the century, Joe. Well, well, well put. Well put. Well put, thank you. Yeah, well, and not as though the Illinois governor is not an important position. Talk about a difficult job. You have a state that is in, in really in peril financially. We would, we would be better off if we could have a real star running it. When I see these types of uh, dollars and, and what's being spent, it just it seems to bastardize the process, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with you. It, it's, it's just too much. It's just plain too much. All right, well, let's uh, move on to the next topic. It's an interesting one. The... Saudi Arabian sponsorship of the new golf tour, the Live Tour, has been a major competitor to the PGA Tour. I think if you'd have said that a year ago, I, I would have said that seems crazy to me. That is a, a the PGA Tour is a long-lasting tour that has got a lot of notoriety and certainly a very popular. But what is a way to go ahead and lure players away from a tour? Just like in any business, you would offer them more money. And that's what this Live Tour did. Why is it so controversial? It's because it's backed by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. They're not on the right side of things when we think about human rights or any, any of those types of issues. To see how the press has, has approached these golfers. I think they have, even though I would not fault somebody for taking a raise, getting an offer where it's 5, 10, 100 times as much as they would make on another tour, certainly can't fault somebody for trying to make a little bit more money. They are having to, to bear the burden a little bit. They're choosing to, to at least align themselves with a group that is, is is not too popular in the American culture. But people have to understand, you, you, know, you go to work to make money. You know, you, you go to work to better yourself. And frankly, I find these people that complain about it, that say, oh, I wouldn't do that. I find them to be hypocrites. Of course, I, of course they would. Of course they would take the money in whatever field you're in. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't care what, who you, what field you're in. If someone offers you more money, you're going to do it. So, and the fact that it's Saudi Arabia, I, I think is irrelevant. It's not, I don't think they're, you know, pledging allegiance to the crown prince. I, I, I think they're going to play a game they love and make more money at it. I mean, I see good for them. Fine. Competition in life is good. This competition with the PGA Tour, what is the PGA Tour to do? They've reacted and they've tried to now put some no-cut tournaments out there, try and respond to some of these things. Competition is good. I learned a new term in this process. Live Golf is criticized as an example of sports washing. Saudi Arabian culture try to be able to cleanse their global image through sport. They're, they're trying to say, don't be a dupe in that situation. Time will tell if they become shills 
for the Saudis, I think we're going to have a problem on our hands, and I think we should be criticized as much as possible. But if they're out there playing golf, I can't really be too offended. No, I couldn't agree more, and I, I don't think I, they're going to be, spokes, be, be spokesmen for the Saudis. You know, I mean, but I think you look around the world, I, I don't think there's many countries out there that have a completely clean past. I mean, we have a pretty shady past, you know, right here in the United States with some of the things we've done in the past. To point fingers and just because we've, you know, evolved now, I mean, I think it just boils down to playing a game and making money. And if, it, if the PGA is feeling crowded, then you're going to have to start doing something for yourself. Make your tour better. You offer more money. They can't, I mean, I don't think they can com- compete with you know the crown prince but i'm just saying that, that, that's the that's what they would say at least you'd have to do it more organically you'd have to drive sponsorship yeah. to it and have it that way provide whatever higher percentage of the little competition is okay i think time will tell if the saudis are, are not any good to deal with it won't last long i don't see anybody uh giving up their citizenship to go to saudi arabia just because they're making more money playing golf i just right. don't see it Yep, we're talking about a time when we're expecting a World Cup to be played in, in the country of Qatar or Qatar, uh, but definitely some of these cultures have tried to kind of purchase their way into being a part of our sports culture. Okay, moving on to our final topic today. It just did happen today, Break some breaking news, certainly a, a topic that I think all of us have paid attention to in the situation of Jeffrey Epstein over the last number of years and the way that he has treated the people in his life and what a scumbag is what I would uh, describe him. But he has one person that allowed him to consort with royals, presidents, billionaires, and so on was Ghislaine Maxwell. Jeffrey Epstein sexually abused underage girls during this process. I don't know what the best term for Ghislaine Maxwell was. Facilitator. Facilitators uh, would be a good one. Thank you, Joe. And she was sentenced to 20 years. We knew that she was found guilty back a number of months ago, and the sentencing was to come. It was announced today that a victory for this group of women who spent years fighting for justice. Epstein, it's back in 2019 that he, well, I'll use that term, killed himself in jail. A jury in air quotes, I hope. (laughs) I did, I did. So the... So the jury in December had convicted Maxwell, who's 60 years old, of sex trafficking, transporting a minor to participate in illegal acts and two conspiracy charges. Also imposed this prison. Now today, this prison term was announced, a $750,000 fine. The judge went on and mentioned that Maxwell has never expressed any remorse for her crimes. So for a 60-year-old to get a 20-year sentence, I think that is certainly is a victory for these girls. And I will tag on that I I hope they're successful in their their civil claims as well. Be able to to draw some funds from Maxwell's estate, or you know Maxwell's funds, Jeffrey Epstein's estate, whatever it is, uh, certainly would be a uh, at least a small part to be able to compensate them. She can go. She doesn't need to get out of prison for you know for all I care. To be honest, to be completely honest with you, I'm absolutely shocked that she actually got sent because I I honestly thought. She had a little black book of all, like you said before, you know, senators and mm-hmm. and presidents and all. I thought she really had the goods on people, Prince Andrew and things. I mean, she knew a lot of people went to Jeffrey Epstein's island. I thought for sure she had that in her back pocket. Say, hey, listen, I'll expose all of this if I get it, if you send me to prison. But you know, I was wrong. I I'm shocked she did not have anything, uh, another card to play. Yeah, you expected her to be able to weasel out of it. I did, It looks looks like she was not able to. So 
kudos to the justice here in New York for, I think they had, attorneys had asked for, for more than this, but certainly 20 years is no joke. And uh, again, we, we wish her uh, good luck. No good luck. Hope, yeah. I hope she rots. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, rot, rot in jail would be would be a great thing there. Okay, let's move on to some other news. Emma, I know you've been busy at the ticker tape lately. What do you have for us today? Ticker tape. My first one here is a woman was forced to install, install a sign outside of her house explaining why her dog is always on the roof. It's a kind of funny picture. It's just a golden retriever sitting on the roof. Her golden retriever, Huckleberry, has become a well-known face in Austin, Texas, after climbing on his owner's roof to watch the world go by. She had to install a sign that read, Huckleberry is living up to his name and learned how to jump onto our roof from the backyard. We never leave him in the backyard without someone being at home. He will not jump off unless you entice him with food or a ball. We appreciate your concern, but please do not knock on our door. We know he's up there, but please feel free to take pictures of him and share with the world. Oh, I see. So they had they had a lot of uh, just do-gooders trying to help, I guess Concern, is what you're yeah. saying. Concern, yeah. yeah. Concern. Well, and, I mean, uh, yeah, she said the woman would have four to five people knocking on her door per week asking, do you realize there's a dog on your roof? <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I do. Okay. I'd, I'd knock on my neighbor's door and say, hey, you know, your, your dog's on your roof. So I get it. That's an amazing amount of people going by the house. I, I'm, I'm impressed with that. Austin, Texas, I guess. Austin, Texas. Okay. Hmm. Another interesting uh, one here. Amazon's Alexa could soon mimic voice of dead relatives. Oh my god. Yeah, hmm. this one's interesting. I mean, I had I think I had watched or seen the video of it, but it was unveiled at Amazon's conference in Las Vegas. They basically had talked about if they're in development and would allow the virtual assistant to mimic the voice of a specific person based on less than a minute of, of pr- provided recording. The context I had heard this in was like sometimes how people, which I did think was interesting, of people will like call their dead loved ones' phones and just to listen to their voicemail. I feel I agree. It feels very kind of intrusive coming from your Amazon Alexa. Well, tell us, Emma, is it something that you would request then? Yeah. So I think it said in a video played by Amazon that a young child asks Alexa, "Can Grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz?" Alexa then acknowledges the request and switches to another voice, mim- mimicking the child's grandmother. So you would, like, set it up to know that it's oh, your mm-hmm. grandma and, like, play the voice. I see. And then did they, kind of did they build... I could see there's some good here. Did they build it with the fact that grandma was recorded on Alexa over the years? Is that how it, they, they real, they're able to do the voice? I don't know. It doesn't say... I think you would have to record it or like provide them a recording provide them a recording of it yeah it wouldn't just like or i don't know ai probably could do that but they would not release that i don't know i don't know if that's for me or not i I don't know yeah there's aspects of it that are heartwarming and like i do get like especially that voicemail kind of relation to it like yeah that makes a lot of sense but yeah i agree there's something about it that feels sticky It, it just it just yeah i don't i don't know i i i really don't know how that would work i don't think it would be beneficial you know right after someone's passing i think that would be more harmful than good but you know maybe a few years down the road it it might make you feel good i don't know just i don't it's just not for me i don't i I have a positive (laughs) impression of this i agree it could be used poorly but i i i I kind of like this concept i like this yeah i think it's i mean i do think this is where things are heading of like using ai in this kind of a way and especially 
we're such an audio and a video world now, like, I think more of this stuff could happen. It kind of reminded me, and I don't know if you guys, I don't doubt you guys would know this reference, another Kardashian's note, but Kanye West got Kim Kardashian a hologram of her dad, like, talking to her in his, in her dad's voice for her, um, birthday And it was, I mean, like, it was really interesting to see. And then they have those, like, hologram ABBA concerts right now, or ABBA, ABBA. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they have like a full concert series where it's like all holograms, and it looks so realistic. I don't know. It's like that weird bridge that AI. Yeah, again, that's another one. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd want a a hologram of my dad, you know? I don't know. Well, my impression of both of these things is that if, again, I don't know much about Kanye West's relationship with Kim Kardashian back in the day. Nor do I. But I assume that she had expressed an interest in, you know, being close to her dad again or hear, hearing that voice. Yeah. So to me, if you're if you're asking for it and expecting it, it's, it's it could very much be a positive. The yeah. negative. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. And, and same way with the the Amazon the Alexa voice, but if it got thrown upon you in a way that was tricking you or you didn't expect it, I yeah. think it could be yeah. some of those. It could bring you back to those feelings that you don't want to feel, basically. So I, I think you you have to be the one requesting it. Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, whatever you like. I just don't think it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Stop. Bus driver says he didn't know his gummy snacks included THC. <laughs> I like where this is going. A commercial bus driver has been charged with 38 counts of reckless endangerment, endangerment blacking out behind the steering wheel while snacking on gummies. He says he didn't know were infused with THC. Oh, wow. I like it. Yeah. Wow. No, it's he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, but he has a sweet tooth and likes candy. This would have never happened a couple of years ago, but now there's marijuana everywhere, he added. So I don't know. He, I, I think his argument is that he thought they were just fruit chews, but then... Well, <laughs> it, it, it's bound to happen. It, oh, it, yeah, it, sure, of course. Th- this is in Connecticut? Yeah. Okay, I don't know the, the rules in Connecticut. You know, I get it when things are so prevalent. If the packaging doesn't do a great job of explaining it, I don't know where you buy these kinds of things. If you didn't wait in line at the dispensary and you just bought it off the shelf somewhere or somebody gave it to him, I, I could see it being the case. But 38 yeah. passengers in danger. <laughs> and he didn't just, you know, he didn't just kind of get a little tired. He was found uh-huh. unconscious in the driver's seat. <laughs> he probably ate the whole pack. <laughs> yeah. Next to an open package of Smokey's edibles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't walk into you know the grocery store and pick them up. I mean, come on, he had to get them somewhere. Well, how does that work? Well, I mean, you can't. I mean, you wouldn't have you where the kids them could at get the grocery them. Grocery store. You have to okay. buy them like at a dispensary yeah. thing. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I think but I don't able... know. I mean, I, I think it's a good point. Like someone could have gave it to him, but yeah. I'm curious what the packaging looks like. Like if it just says fruit chews on it, and you're not really paying attention. No, yeah. okay. Smokies, I just Smokies edibles, cannabis infused fruit chews is the okay. product. Yeah, the packaging is very apparent that it's, I don't know, I guess maybe if you're just like Ooh, grabbing it. yeah, it says it loud and proud on the, uh, yeah. now it is a pretty, pretty looking it package, pretty, I just yeah. looked it up, but the words, <laughs> yeah. could not be bigger, the words do let you know, it says THC pretty big, cannabis is the first word used, I don't know, we got a little interesting argument here. <laughs> yeah. Buyer beware, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then my last story is a 
pair faces fines after taking raccoon into pet store. A New York man and woman faced fines of $500 each after they took a raccoon to a pet store to shop for food and a store worker ratted them out. Um, <laughs> which I'm seems. Store worker. The health department said a couple had brought a raccoon to a pet store for food and supplies and a store employee contacted authorities. Raccoons are considered dangerous wild animals because they are known to carry rabies virus. The owners turned the raccoon over and were charged each with that $500 fine. Okay. This is the definitely raccoon... my first time ever hearing of, was the raccoon a pet? If this picture next to this is actually what he was in, it looks like he was in a pet carrier, yes. Oh, he was contained. He was in a carrier, yes. So okay. they brought him in like as a pet to get food for That's him. Different. I don't have much okay. of a problem with that. I mean, if they brought him in on a leash or something, I get it. You don't want. You don't know if it's yeah. rabid or not. I don't. Wait, wait. Then what happened? He got out of the cage. No, you just can't bring a raccoon to a pet store to shop for food because they're wild animals. Yeah, they're not domesticated, so yeah, it's a, it's a health concern. Yeah, so you're unlawfully gotcha. possessing a wild animal. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, there was. I can't imagine a... many raccoons coming to the pet store. No, 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 <laughs> and I, but they were able to dodge any any crisis. Yes, yes, I guess. Yes. No, just walking in with it. It was in a. It looked like in a carrier, at least. Emma, That's very all. good there. I one nice thing you job, may Emma. have missed out on was I didn't yep. hear news about a f- certain state in the southern part I of the know, United I States. I know, I looked hard. Did you? Okay, well, sometimes they got to take some time off. I'm going to add sure. one one news story to this. It is about a speller reinstated into the National Spelling Bee after an appeal. Ox Hill, Maryland, a speller has been reinstated into the Scripps National Spelling Bee field after successfully appealing that he was denied relevant root information about a word. And the reason this caught my eye was because if anybody has paid attention to these spelling bees, they incessantly go on and on asking questions about uh, the, the word's origin and the root and that type of a thing. This young man, his name is Surya Kapu, 13-year-old from Utah, he misspelled the word and says that he wasn't given all the information. I don't know if this is just a, a, a technicality that he's able to get back in there on, but the fact, wow, he, he actually was would have used the root to positively spell this word. And the word, I'll let either of you two spell it, Lukavorin. Lukavorin. I'll pass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's no chance I'll get that. You know. I would have gotten it wrong, too. It's uh, many vowels all jumbled together, so... I didn't realize there was an appeals process for the spelling bee. First time I've heard of it, and it is uh, something that, that people advance to compete for more than $50,000 in cash and prizes. So he was able to be reinstated. Well, wow. for him. We'll see how the young man does. Yeah. Any, anyway, well done there with the new Zema. Thank you for that. Move on to a favorite segment. It's called Joe's Soapbox. Joe tends to find himself around different places in society, and sometimes... Gets a little annoyed about something. Joe, what's happened lately? You know what, Jim? Just today, I'm in this. Well, first, let me preface by saying I know times are tough. And I, I know, you know, people are trying to pinch pennies and save money. But when you're in line, when I'm behind someone in line, I don't mind if they have a coupon or two. But when you bring out a book of coupons and, you know, the, the cashier's got to check them and, oh, this one expired two months ago. And, you know, when you the, they ring your item up and, it says a dollar ninety nine, and they say, "Well, the the science at a dollar seventy nine. You know, just get moving. I'll give you a dollar. Just get the hell out of my way. You, you're. It's not like you're saving tons and tons of money here. You're you're saving, you know, a buck or two. I'd gladly pay them 
just to just to move them out and they can use their coupons next time when I'm not around. Joe, I get it. You want to sometimes move things along. Don't clog up the line yeah. for every 15 cent advantage exactly. couponers. I've been behind somebody and the husband let me know. I think you should pick a different line when his wife was when his yeah. wife was going through that process. So maybe yeah. you need to bring somebody as a buffer in yeah, the process as well. That just, so that really does that just burns me. All right, check out lines. Don't clog them. That's Joe's uh, soapbox tonight. All right, one uh, way that we're going to finish things up tonight. We've uh, done a what to watch in the past. Tonight we're going to do a what to listen to. I think each of us are. are fans of podcasts i've been listening myself to a lot of audio content for a number of years and then to what each of us have some recommendations for these listeners besides according to joe certainly listen into that but what else are we interested in joe why don't you start us off tonight yes you know i'll start us off what i like to listen to and sure people will be really surprised i like listening to ben shapiro oh. he's a very knowledgeable guy you know he uh graduated from law school and Harvard Law School, you know, so he's not he's not just some, you know, bumpkin rube that has an opinion like me. He he has some knowledge and he has good topics and he doesn't he doesn't get super excited. I mean, he will debate you, you know, he doesn't he doesn't belittle you. He just gives, you know, his opinion, his facts and yeah, I really like it. He's it's a really good one to listen to. I see. And how often does that show drop, Joe? Uh, I think he's weekly. Weekly podcast. Okay. That's your one today. The not sure if there's a title for it other than the Ben Shapiro Show. But, uh, the Ben Shapiro your... Show. If you, uh, yeah, you'll find he's got a lot of followers. Emma, how about you tonight? I have been watching the morning, or I guess listening to The Morning Toast. It is about pop culture and it's two sisters. One of them, her name on Instagram is Girl With No Job. She's a comedian. It is just so so funny it's about pop culture i just recently started listening to it and i really like it but you would not like it if you don't like listening to pop culture so <laughs> it's okay. just it's very mindless and it comes out every day monday through friday and they stream for an hour on youtube in the morning and they release the pot like they release a podcast on spotify at like 10 a.m monday through friday and it's a lovely addition to my days and that's good you listen to what you like that's what everybody should do yeah, it's a good just like, especially if I'm, I sometimes like to listen to stuff while I'm working, especially if like in the mornings a lot of the time I'm just getting emails out and stuff. And so it's nice to have in the background and it's a very good laugh a lot of the time. They just did a very funny, I actually found them on TikTok and they just were talking about the cat in the hat and I've never heard someone give an analysis or a recap of the cat in the hat before. So it's very, very funny. Well, I will add in that I have a couple to share tonight. I am a fan. I became a fan of some of the true crime, have tested a, a number of them. And I will say that uh, one of my favorites, they've had two seasons. I should say he has had two seasons called To Live and Die in L.A. Neil Strauss is the uh, podcaster, and he is really an excellent storyteller. Definitely recommend season one. Uh, one of the He reported along in the podcast while they were still trying to investigate the crime and what happened who who was responsible for this uh, the death of this young woman in los angeles and to live and die in la uh, i really put to the top of my list i can tell you i enjoyed it so much i've listened to it more than once uh, the entire season uh, so really done by uh, neil strauss secondly for anybody that is a movie fan if you're the fan of a movie and you're willing to watch it more than once 
Um, you can put some perspective in it, watch it again, and so on. I really enjoy the rewatchables. Bill Simmons uh, of the Ringer uh, podcast group. Watch a movie that's been around for a while, analyze it, talk about it, have a number of categories to discuss it. And when uh, when you get to hear some, some folks talk about a movie that you enjoyed as well, uh, really enjoyable for me. And I would say kind of st- podcast stream that you can just pick and choose the episodes that are the, mov- the movies that you enjoy. You don't have to bother with the ones you don't like at all, but really a, a good listen for the rewatchables. Joe, want to mention that uh, we have built up a, a small base of fans. We're glad to hear from them. One way that they can interact with us is on the social medias. There's a certain blue social media platform called Facebook that uh, we're communicating with our fans on. And Joe, what are we going invite, to be inviting them to do? You know what, Jim? I had a fan actually reach out to me and say uh, that they'd be interested in, in us doing a segment of answering you know their direct questions uh, you know and so i thought you know that'd be a good idea i brought it up to you too you agreed and uh so i think uh, we should try that we're going to go ahead and um if you'd like put your uh questions on our facebook page according to joe and uh we will definitely make a put a little montage together and answer those questions for you and we yep. also welcome any comments as well you know anything you want to say and give your opinion that's what life's about. Give your opinion. It is, no doubt about it. Well put, Joe, and the fact that we encourage people to also comment, rate us on, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and any of the platforms that you would listen. It does help uh, push the show to other uh, potential listeners when you go ahead and rate things. Um, obviously, you know, maybe what we'll do is uh, we'll search through, and anybody that gives us a five-star review in the next between now and the next time, Joe, um, we're going to have you give them a personal. We'll, we'll pick one of them, and we'll have you give them a personal message. How about that? I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate that. Definitely want to thank everybody for the preparation and uh, the work for us t- tonight to go ahead and cover these these topics. I want to say thanks to Joe Martin for providing some excellent opinions tonight and pushing them along the way. He's a news buff that's able to share his his views with us. Emma for a great job throughout the night and as well with the news. This is Jim Brona saying, have a great night, everybody. <laughs>